shit, shit, shit show. It's a fucking shit show. Shit show. Welcome back to Shit Show Saturday. We have a very special shit show. We have Shit Show Jenny. Welcome. Thank you. When did you join? Yeah, I think I joined in January. Yeah, I was a little bit slow to join. I tend to be a little bit shy and fearful of rejection. So um, I, I think I had to work myself into it and um, really glad I finally did because it's been amazing. But definitely, yeah, definitely scared of getting into a group. And I don't know, I was never like a cool kid growing up. So I just have <laughs> hesitation there. Was this kind of your first time dipping your toe in something like this? Yeah, um, I had, I think when I was like, when I was in second grade, I guess my mom went to an inpatient rehab and my dad started going to Al-Anon, I think, or at least went to a couple meetings and kind of recommended it for me, but it really wasn't a place for a seven-year-old of that age. Yeah. So, um, I didn't go to that. I had heard of adult child, but it wasn't in a con. It was kind of more in a context of using it as like, there's something wrong with you for, in my family and not like you can go heal. Mm. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Never, never really did anything about it until this year. That's amazing. Well, I think you and I have a lot of similarities there that we can get into. Um, but first, what song do you want to play when you walk into a room, my dear? Um, sixes and nines. Carbohydrate. Um, so I would say kind of anything with potatoes, but, um, I think Sandra explained the fries in the best way I've ever heard. So I will take those crispy outside mashed potato inside fries that she has. I have to make merch on, on for that ASAP. <laughs> yeah. Crispy on the outside, mashed potato on the inside. <laughs> um, cheese. Um, brie, kind of like any kind of brie. Okay. And condiment. Um, that's a hard one because I kind of like having a big selection at all times right in front of me if possible. Um, condiment whore. I, yeah, I like to mix things like ketchup and hot sauce um, or ketchup and ranch or hot sauce and sour cream or, you know, whatever. Just having a variety is the best. Tiffany brought up mixing ketchup and hot sauce recently. So you hear that, Tiffany? You hear that? <laughs> um, so you were familiar with the term. When did you really feel like you understood that you were an adult? I think it was, it was out there and I had kind of dabbled in looking into things and just wasn't mentally in a space that I was ready for it um, until probably the last year or so. Um, I started after COVID kind of ended and things were getting back to normal. I just started having kind of more anxiety than it, it wasn't the COVID, it was the coming away from COVID. I think that brought me into mm-hmm. a space where I was hitting bottom or bottom-ish many times um, and then just kind of exploring and always coming back to that theme of like, it seems like there's something from childhood going on. Um, and I searched, I finally 
I heard a different podcast and it said something about adult child or Al-Anon and it just came back into my memory of what I had heard before. So I searched and found you. What did bottoming out look like for you? Um, I think so since leaving home for college, there have been like various times in my life where things have been rough, but I've always had something to fall back on. And so, you know, either I was doing okay at college and my life at home with my parents was terrible or I was getting along with one parent and something else was going on. But um, I think coming out of COVID was the first time that I was experiencing like really bad adult child slash ADHD symptoms at work and at home Mm -hmm. and with my parents. And I didn't have a fallback or a safety net that I, I felt adequate. And I just, I had kind of a panic attack one day because I just realized I don't, I didn't have anyone that I felt like I could go to that was safe and home wasn't feeling safe for whatever reason at that moment. And I just felt so alone. So that was, I think that was kind of the, the bottom-ish, the butt-ish. The butt-ish, the bottom butt-ish. Um, so your, your mom goes to rehab when you're in the second grade. So that's when I found out my mom was an alcoholic. What was your understanding of that? Um, it was probably like way too technical of an understanding for a seven-year-old. Um, I like went to the rehab facility and met with a psychiatrist and, um, you know, sat through a version of, um, an intervention and it was explained Mm. to me in detail. And I, I think at that time, you know, I still, I still felt like my mom was kind of my only anchor because my Mm. dad is not my biological dad. He, he's a stepdad, but adopted me. So he's, he's been my dad for a long time, but there was always kind of this like mom and me thing. And then. And you knew that he wasn't your real dad at that young age. Yeah. You, did you ever, was your dad ever in your Um, life? He was. And I like, I have some memories, but he gave up parental rights when I was three. um, And my parents got married and my dad adopted me right around then. Like when I was turning four. And so Mm -hmm. I actually remember my mom sitting down with me and saying, you can call him dad now. So I, it, it wasn't that I didn't Mm -hmm. know. I always knew. Um, And I, you know, at the time, I think our family seemed normal to me, but there was also this aspect of like my mom and I had a different bond and it was, she was my anchor. And, and then, you know, there was a certain amount of safety that wasn't there with him, even though he was good to me, he just was controlling and yeah. Are you an only child? Yeah. Yeah, we do. So when your mom went into treatment, like prior to that, did you have an understanding that there was something wrong with her? Yeah, there was a, a, period of time where things were falling apart at home and my parents were arguing a bunch and like screaming somewhat violent fights um 
and it was terrifying. And, um, you know, she was making poor decisions. I, I was being taken to like parties or places that I shouldn't have been. And I don't, I wasn't really fully aware of what was going on, but there was also, um, you know, other parts of my family were concerned and, um, she was already the scapegoat in the house at the time. Like my dad put me on a pedestal and would blame her for everything. And, um, so I, I knew there was something going on and I think it, it had been broached that alcohol was an issue, but then it wasn't until like the official intervention, which I wasn't there for, but then right after when she went into treatment, I visited and kind of got the whole explanation and here's why she's not going to be home for a month and all that. It's so scary. Mm-hmm. So scary. Um, and so then, I mean, obviously I know she's not doing so great now, but w- did she, was there ever a point in time where she had some recovery? Yeah. So she seemingly recovered at that time after treatment, you know, she was gone for a month and came back and things were great on the surface and, you know, smiling and pictures and the whole deal. And then we moved when I was um, about to go into sixth grade, we moved and there, there was a lot of conflict going on at the time, but I didn't necessarily know that she was drinking or if she was, um, But then when I was in seventh grade, she went back into inpatient treatment, seemed to get better. Looking back now, I can see my denial in that. Um, And we had some of that kind of like lying and two-sidedness happening. And then when I was about to go to college, she started having serious issues and I came to realize that she was drinking again so that was kind of since that time I have never seen that she's actually remained sober for any amount of time what have your conversations been like with her like over the years as it relates to her drinking I think you know when after she went into treatment when I was in seventh grade I was really like pushing on here's what you need to do you should do and I you know I was getting a lot of feedback on here, you know, you should visit Alan on here, some things to read. We didn't really have any meetings there. So I was given a lot of like reading material and that prevented me from putting too much effort into trying to stop her, but it didn't mean I wasn't trying to stop her. So it was like very me trying to control. Um, And then after in college and after college, realizing that she was drinking again, I think I went through various stages of kind of frustration and then acceptance. And, you know, she was managing to be functional for a while and wasn't outwardly wasted all the time. Um, But we would just go through times where it was clear to me by her treatment of me that she was drinking and she would try to pass it off as like, I had two beers and think that I didn't know that there was, you know, a bottle of schnapps between her mattress and box spring in the other room that she was disappearing to every 10 minutes. So I kind of just stopped putting myself in the middle, stopped fighting it and stopped trying to fix it. 
and just tried to keep a relationship. So when you like reflect back on your life, I mean, obviously you had this situation with the anxiety and the panic coming up as of lately, but like, what are the markers that you can see how your childhood, you know, up until this point has impacted your life as an adult? Yeah, I think, I think I'm really good at passing to like the general audience, even to my friends. Um, you know, everything's fine. Nothing's wrong. Cause I, I've gone through points of being honest and vulnerable with people. And I find that kind of the response is either such intense pity, which feels terrible and I don't mm. want, or like, well, it must not be that bad because you're fine. Like you're successful whatever. And so I think I, a lot of the time I hide it and I see that in that my relationships aren't super strong and I don't, you know, I'm not good at telling people how I'm feeling or um, dealing with things as they come. It's kind of dealing with it when everything falls apart and I'm a complete wreck. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. And um, I also, I have like weird procrastination, anxiety things about the way I communicate with people. And I, I just feel like I, I don't know if I just grew up not understanding how to keep a relationship going, but I struggle like crazy with that. Um, if I'm in the presence of people, I do fine, but I just don't, it's like, it doesn't naturally come up to me to stay in touch or to reach out. Um, so seems like I think people deal with the other normie people deal with that too, though. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's probably not too far off. I, I think there are times where my internal world has just been absolutely collapsing and I'm just standing there smiling um, mm. and, you know, doing doing the things that I need to 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 keep moving through life. But I think, you know, as I'm approaching middle age, um, I'm less capable of keeping it all together. And I'm generally more exhausted by all of it. Mm. And so I'm, and I think I just also don't care as much to keep up looking a certain way um, outwardly. So I think I'm just finding that, you know, my, my body's making me vulnerable regardless, but, you know, a lot, a lot of what I what I think the symptoms, the CTP, CPTSD symptoms are, they come out as ADHD type symptoms. And I mean, just like the podcast on Wednesday said, like, it's not like I can take my ADHD drug and then I'm just fine and no symptoms. It just, it makes me capable of surviving, um, getting through the day. And I just deal with whatever comes as it comes. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. When did you get diagnosed with ADHD? Um, I was probably like 27 or 28. And I was working at a university at the time, um, doing research and taking classes to um, trying to kind of go back and go into the medical field. 
and just was struggling trying to balance all of that. I did okay in college because it was just college at the time. I wasn't trying to, you know, have a serious relationship and work and all the things. So I I could cope okay. And I I saw a psychiatrist at school because I was just struggling. I thought maybe it was depression. And I explained how, you know, my my dad always told me that I had so much potential and just work harder and Mm -hmm. that I was smart, but I just wasn't capable. And she was like, oh man, you have ADHD, no question. And sent me for testing. And sure enough, um, that came through. And so that was amazing. Like seriously, one visit. And I don't think most people have that opportunity because it can be so hard to be taken seriously or to be diagnosed as a female adult with ADHD. But, and I, I don't necessarily know if it's that or if it's like PTSD symptoms. The trauma. Yeah. 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 Cause when, when did you have a, re- was it not until like finding the podcast that you realized that maybe you have complex PTSD? Yeah. And I can't remember if I found the podcast first or if I um, read um Pete Walker's book no it was it was the um oh shoot your body keeps the score that was oh, body keeps, uh-huh, body keeps yeah score. Uh-huh, I don't uh-huh. know which I found first but that was when I was like oh my gosh he's describing all of these symptoms and it's like word for word what my ADHD symptoms are and I don't I have no idea which it is I don't think it really matters I don't think it is either so are your, is your dad still alive? Yeah. Yeah. Are they still married? No, no. Um, when did they get divorced? They, so I wasn't at home anymore to mediate. So, um, after like my freshman year of college, they fell apart. Um, and then, yeah. And I mean, looking back now, I, my dad is super controlling and, um, definitely financially abusive and just, Mm. he's like a professional gaslighter. So he's super charming. And anyone who just knows him on the surface would say he's amazing and great. And so it's really hard to kind of deal with the, the falling out of that because yeah, I'm, probably the only person he's still in touch with who really sees him for who he is. Yeah. Yeah. I can really relate to that. So what then, was it just like a downward spiral with your mom? Like once he left? Um, she did okay for a while. She was, um, you know, she had a long-term relationship with, um, a guy, she wasn't married to him, but, um, and he was a fair amount younger, but they, they were doing okay. You know, they had, they rescued dogs and I don't know, she didn't work exactly, but she kind of maintained for quite a few years. And then I think when she turned 50, that like, I don't know what happened, but she just, the, the aging thing didn't suit her well. Um, I think menopause. She had you young, huh? Did she have you really? Yeah, young? when she was 25. So, um, but yeah, so she just, I think aging has been really, really hard on her and just not feeling 
you know, she isolates. She's definitely an adult child and her childhood was awful and really hard. And I'm very aware of it. I saw a lot of the abuse that her mom put on her. And so I definitely like empathize, um, but she's, she's not willing to be on a healing journey. So mm-hmm. we've just, I, I have found that I can't be in contact and, you know, it's, it's been really heartbreaking, especially lately. Um, she's having some not health well. issues. When did you go no contact with her? Um, a, a little less than two years ago. And what was the final kind of line in the sand? So we were having conversations, not frequently because it was so stressful every time, but I would make an effort to like once a month have a conversation. And every time it was just going horribly where we would end up, someone would hang up on the other and it was yelling. And, you know, I was trying to set boundaries and asking her to just be sober on our call. Like we can talk in the morning or whatever it needs to be. No, trying not to put blame and not like mm-hmm. you do what you want just when you want to talk to me it needs to be more like this and the denial was just so strong and just like gaslighting me of you don't you don't know what you're talking about and you can't tell what I am and blah 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 and then just things that weren't my fault or my issue she was putting blame on me and so I finally just told her I you know my own mental health needs to come first for a while so I'm I'm not going to talk, but if in an emergency, you can contact me, just don't expect me to answer the phone. And it was like the whole thing of, I don't know why you're doing this. I can't understand. And there wasn't, she didn't want an explanation. She just wanted to feel bad for herself. And so it's just sad. Mm -hmm. Is she able to take care of herself financially? Yeah, I think so. Um, I don't know. I, I, that's, that was a huge stressor for a long time where I was kind of holding that, um, attempting to fix it or plan or something. And I, I had to let that go. That's, that's on her, but I think she's, I don't know. It's really sad. Yeah. How has it been? Cause I know that you've had a lot of stuff come up lately with her. Just what has the process been of like, just kind of sitting with your feelings? Honestly, like the um, rapid resolution therapy that, you know, you had the podcast yeah, about let's it. talk about that. Yeah. So I, after you did the podcast, I looked up someone in my area and set a time. And um, I think, you know, there, there are a lot of promises in it of it being the only thing you need and a quick fix and blah, blah, blah. And I think for me, I had just realized that my anxiety, just feeling triggered all the time, my I couldn't, didn't even have like a space to control my emotions or feel them because it was I was so worked up all the time and fight or flight and just constantly feeling terrible and suffering internally. And so I listened to that, decided I needed to do it. And I went a couple, not even two months ago for the first one. And it was just like a switch in a way where I went from just being like 
I, I don't know how to describe it other it was like I didn't have skin before like I was just any poke on me was just crazy painful because I didn't have any protection I didn't have any layer I was just like raw and vulnerable and anything hurt and I it it shut off that crazy feeling and I still I'm still emotional I still feel things but it's a lot less likely to set me into a spiral or to just hurt so bad that I have to numb in some way and ignore it. Um, so sitting in the emotion for that, I actually got um, the text from my aunt about her stroke right while I was in therapy, like my second session. And I waited till I got home, listened to the message and just felt real sadness and I was able to kind of sit and not make any decisions not you know not decide I was going to drive out and try to help her or um, call or I just sat in that and felt it for a long time and you know thought through what I really want like what actions I could take and what that would mean and look like and and really like you know dealt with the the sadness of not feeling good sharing sharing what was happening with some friends because understanding no contact and having an alcoholic parent is not an easy thing for outsiders and I don't expect no. it to be mm -hmm. but I also wasn't willing to put myself in a situation of feeling guilty because they can't understand that so just being able to really make decisions on who to talk to and who not to and be purposeful. It was like a whole different experience. And I think also being in a step study right now, it's also crazy helpful just to, to have fellowship and have that realization that I'm working the steps one at a time and I'm, I don't need to rush through. I don't need to go and make amends. I have a lot of steps between now and then. And yeah, you do. <laughs> <laughs> so there's just so much more time and thoughtfulness with that. And I was able to kind of, you know, also come to the realization and feel through if she doesn't make it through this, which it doesn't look good. I mean, she's not, she's totally in, in the grips of addiction and she's sick and me doing something is not going to make her addiction better, which ultimately is what has to happen for her to get better in any other way. Coming to peace with that is hard, but it's also so necessary. Was there something in particular that you feel like um, you got clarity or you were able to see differently as a result of the, when you did the RRT? For sure. And in, in multiple different places of my life, I think Something about being triggered or having that really strong, like amygdala, just body response to things made me unable to think that there was time to think anything through. Mm -hmm. And I, it's, it was like decisions had to be made or actions had to be taken. Um, and I think I just wasn't even capable of really feeling emotions because it, I was just in pain, such psychic pain. And so just kind of removing that aspect, like I, 
I remember I had spoken with my aunt and I was talking to my husband right after that. And I was like, I, this must be what like sadness feels like. So I'm not mm. dying. This isn't going to kill me, but I'm so sad. And that was such a weird, different feeling for me that I had never, I well, probably had experienced at some point, but it had been a long time. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I'm so sorry. I can't imagine. I just think about like with my parents, like, I'm just so glad that my parents are married so they can like, you know, like, I feel like that's, yeah. that's gotta be really hard. Like being an only child and then having yeah. your mom not be married. Like, I yeah. just feel like I would feel a sense of responsibility for her in a way that would be so difficult to it's it's taken a lot of years to separate myself from that um realize like you know it was her choice to get married i wasn't i wasn't influential in that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. at least you know i wasn't trying to be i'm sure some influence was made just by my age at the time and her wanting to be supported in some way but i didn't choose who she married I didn't choose to get divorced I didn't choose any of that and I think I took a lot of it on through the process Mm -hmm. I felt responsible for their marriage and keeping them together and then once they weren't I felt responsible for making sure she was safe and okay and you know around good people and she was still making choices for herself and yet I was trying to kind of like go around on the outside and put protective barriers around everything and Mm. it took a lot of years of just realizing that I ultimately I had no influence so just have to have to let it go and it's it's hard it's a grieving process I think that's the thing is like there are so many times where we have to grieve more than once um but yeah grieving the loss of her already and yet still having some hope there that maybe she'll decide to do some healing and you know maybe we can get a few good years um maybe she'll hit a bottom through this although it's not not looking good I don't want to have so much hope that I'm you know, feeling crazy and really disappointed. But at the same time, I think you can't, you can't ever just talk. No, there's always hope if someone. they're still breathing. Yeah. Yeah. So but I, I totally get it. I, I relate strongly. It's got to be hard too. Cause it sounds like kind of like similar to with me and my mom that you guys were really close at one point. Mm-hmm. And that's really, and hard. I think like I've come to realize even over the past few months how much of some of that closeness was so inappropriate Mm. we were friends and you know sharing things that weren't mine to know so Mm -hmm. but nonetheless we were close and I relied on her and I I will always love her deeply that never changed um I think there's a a lot of tenderness there right now. It's it's an open wound, so it's not a place where I can kind of 
move into the like happy memory space easily. Of course, of course. But I mean, I I've definitely heard people either on the podcast or in group kind of talking about memories that they have and being able to really appreciate that even from the people who have hurt them and it's that's so hopeful in itself just knowing that I'll be able to be in that place at some point hey Kiki (laughs) he's so cute she is a cute girl yeah I feel yeah it's too fresh to be there you know do you have a relationship with your dad still um kind of it's we're we're very low contact um for reasons of you know he's he is who he is and um he'll gaslight me given the opportunity and I'm I'm a lot more uh capable of being manipulated in that and less mm-hmm. capable of holding boundaries than with my mom um her stuff's pretty clear and, and mm-hmm. It's harder. It's harder to see his stuff. It's, yeah, he's more you know, sneaky. Sneaks up. Mm-hmm. So I think you've shared huge examples of growth. Is there anything else that you want to give yourself a pat on the back for? Um, I think just finally like taking that step to get better because I so so much of my hesitation has come from not wanting to hurt the relationships that I do have in life that are good. And I think I heard someone talk about this in group recently of just, you know, having, having a really good relationship. My husband and I have been together for 18 years and married for 10. So, you know, there is a certain part of me that just is fearful because we, I have that and it's such a safety net for me and then to go and do the healing process and not know who I will become as part of it was Mm. a big hesitation for me, but he's always been so encouraging for it. And, um, you know, he wants, he wants me to be the best me and he's not afraid of that. So I, you know, it was my own issue, but, um, just that first step, taking that first step was really scary and it, it wasn't as far as I thought mm, that's beautiful little steps but you found a good one huh yeah I'm, I'm so lucky on that front where'd y'all meet in school so yeah um okay three things you like about yourself um I think I have a fun but dark sense of humor Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm smart. I can figure things out and learn what I need to learn. Sometimes that doesn't let me feel as much as I should, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it's good overall. Um, and, oh, sometimes I can't tell the difference between codependency and caring, but I think I'm a kind and loving person as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hope or dream for the future. Um, just keep moving forward. I think step by step, I don't, I don't want to set my goals too big or too high because I think sometimes I'll lose sight of my little path right in front of me, but, um, yeah, just keep moving forward. 
We're so happy to have you. I'm glad that you still, even though you, you know, you've been saved in the, the RTT, I'm just <laughs> glad that you're still. You can tell yeah. that I'm totally healed and need nothing more. Yeah. 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 Clearly. Do you want to start hosting the podcast? Oh man. <laughs> uh, but thank you. Honestly, I, I know I said this in group, but really. How did you find me? You just Googled? I, I, I looked in the podcast app where I searched adult child and came right up. Yeah. But I, I appreciate you sticking with us as a group and not not just um, ignoring your own emotions or your own situation. Because I think sometimes, you know, we set our identity as a healed person. And I don't think anyone's ever healed. I think we're all in the process. And every day is a new adventure and learning. And the more you share, the more you set other people up for healing and success. And the more you can heal yourself and feel better. So you're on the right track. And thanks for helping me be on the right track, too. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.